Hi everyone, uh, this is Marcus, and uh, this is going to be a little bit different today, just a very short little um, uh, podcast episode, because I happen to be uh, on vacation in Hawaii, on Kauai, with my family this week, and it's been a great week. We actually leave tomorrow, and by the time this uh, goes live on Monday, we'll be back, but I wanted to record this you know, with enough time for me to prepare this and get it uploaded. <laughs> so I'm recording it today, uh, the Friday before it goes online. Anyway, um, we're having a great week, and uh, I had uh, just wanted to share a little story with all of you. So last night, we were in um, a little gift shop nearby, and it had some figures of King Kamehameha, right? And I had heard the name. I didn't really know much about him, and so I just got kind of curious about him. So when we got back to our hotel, um, I just kind of did some Google research and some Wikipedia research and, uh, you know, learned some things about him. He's known as the king who united all of the Hawaiian islands. He lived from 1758 to 1819, so not really that long ago, 200, no, what is that, 300 years ago. He died three, sorry, bad math. 200 years ago. <laughs> uh, math is not my strong point. So he died 200 years ago. Um, so some interesting things, but what really struck me was uh, something that he instituted, a law that he instituted called the law of the splintered paddle. Let me tell you this story. Um, so the story goes like this. Uh, King Kamehameha and some of his warriors or troops were on a military ex expedition. And um, at one point, they were raiding uh, a village, and uh, as they were, you know, executing this raid, uh, a couple of fishermen were covering the retreat of a man carrying a child. Well, uh, Kamehameha pursued those two fishermen, who were kind of the uh, the ones who were hanging back, and as he was pursuing them, his foot got caught in a rock. Well, the two fishermen were scared out of their minds. Uh, but they wanted to put an end to the pursuit, so they went back to King Kamehameha, picked up a paddle, and hit him over the head with that paddle. And when they hit him, uh, the paddle broke. It splintered. Now, hitting him over the head didn't kill him. Uh, it stunned him, but it did put an end to that pursuit. You know, knocked him out, basically. Well, 12 years later, these two fishermen... Uh, were found and were brought before King Kamehameha for judgment. They were totally expecting to be executed, uh, but they weren't. And so instead of, of killing them, King Kamehameha said, you know what, they were actually doing nothing more than protecting their family and their land. And so he set them free and he instituted something called the Law of the Splintered Paddle. And here's what the Law of the Splintered Paddle says. May everyone from the old men and women to the children be free to go forth and lie in the road without fear of harm. He recognized that it wasn't fair <laughs> for him to go and raid an unarmed, peaceful village on another part of the, you know, chain of Hawaiian islands. That wasn't right. Um, now, I don't know what else might have been involved. Maybe there was some political reasons for creating this law. But this law 
um, which basically said that civilians should be free from fear of harm wherever they go. They should even be able to lay down and rest on the side of the road without fear that anyone's going to attack them or take something from them or hurt them in some way. It's recognized as being uh, you know, a, 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 an early, relatively early, a humanitarian kind of a law, and one uh, that is really like an early version of laws protecting civilians in times of war. So really good. It kind of reminded me of the story of the Samaritan, uh, the Good Samaritan, uh, right? Just this this image of being able to lie on the side of the road without fear of harm, right? It's it's a law that um, that protects the weak and the vulnerable and the powerless. And as I read about this, I thought to myself, man, this is a picture of shalom. Uh, Or at least it's a step toward shalom. And I was thinking about what his response to these fishermen involved. It involved forgiveness, right? He had to forgive them for having hit him over the head with a canoe paddle. (laughs) It involved grace and mercy, right? They didn't get what they, so to speak, deserved, punishment for hitting the king. In fact, they were set free, an act of grace, right? There was wisdom in his response. There was compassion in his response, right? These are qualities that reflect shalom. Remember, shalom, at least as, as I like to think of it, is a, is a state of comprehensive well-being that touches every aspect of life. These are qualities that reflect shalom. And here's the thing that's almost kind of mind-blowing. He wasn't a Christian, right? (laughs) And yet, his action and this law that he instituted reflects the kinds of things that God wants for the world. right? God is the only source of shalom. And so anytime, here's the thing, anytime we see shalom in the world... I think we need to be able to acknowledge that that comes from God, even if they don't claim the name of Christian, right, or God-fearing, or, or whatever, or whatever we think they should claim. Right? And so I think the invitation for us is to grow in our ability to recognize and support shalom wherever it emerges, right, wherever we see it, even if it's even if it's from some sort of a secular organization or another religion, if there's shalom, that means that God is involved. It means that God is there. And so the question I want to ask and just kind of leave you with is, where do you see shalom in the world around you? Right? Uh, is it across the street uh, in you know, the, the Muslim congregation or the Jewish congregation? Or do you see it in uh, the police station? Or do you see it in some nonprofit organization that's doing good in the world but isn't a religious organization? Where do you see shalom in the world? Is it in the way that your neighbor is caring for, you know, their disabled spouse? Where do you see shalom in the world? It is everywhere. And we are invited to, to see it, to celebrate it, and maybe even to participate in it, in whatever way God might be calling us to participate in it. Where do you see shalom in the world around you? Well, thanks so much for uh, being with me again today, and I will see you next time here on Spiritual Life and Leadership.